Hello and welcome to the Celestial Podcast, the Doctor Who podcast that is really scared to be discussing Zagreus today. I am your host, Joy Morgan. Today I am here with Jacob Licklider. Hello. Why are we scared of discussing Zagreus? It's a big story, man. I'm also here with Brian. <laughs> Joey, I'm not going to lie to you. I really thought you were going to say, Hello everybody, my name is Joey Morgan and welcome back to my channel. What? No, I... Brian, I haven't done that in a really long I time. I know, but for some reason, that's what I thought you were going to do, and I'm upset that you didn't. You got war flashbacks. Uh, I'm, I'm also here with uh, Connor, aka Genesis of Androzani. Uh, Callum on Twitter just told me that Jeff from the 11th Hour isn't a caricature. I fucking hate that man. Um, <laughs> who? And I'm also here with uh, uh, Zach Rose. <laughs> Hello. And I objectively say Zagreus is the best. <laughs> um, uh, all these wonderful people here, except for Zach, have channels that I will leave linked in the description. Um, all these wonderful people are also in the story that is currently releasing on this channel, the Doctor Who novel adaptations, the scales of injustice. We'll talk about that more at the end of the podcast if you want to hear more about that. Um, for now, let's discuss some main range from Big Finish. They were discussing main range numbers 45 to 50, that being uh, uh, Project Lazarus through Zagreus. So, uh, yeah, um, not much more to say. Let's jump right into this. Uh, with Project Lazarus by, I did it again, who are the writers? Is it Kevin Scott and Mark Jonathan Wright? Moore. Oh, wait, no, Kevin it's Scott Kevin and Mark Scott Wright. Kevin Scott and Mark Wright. Kevin Scott and Mark Wright. They do, they do all, they've done all the Project ones. Yeah. All right, yeah, so who would like to begin? I love Project Lazarus. Apparently, Brian's beginning. All right, so Project Lazarus is my favorite of the Forge stories. I think everyone's performance in it is just really, really fucking solid. I also like um, sort of dual Doctor thing going on without actually being a multi-Doctor story. That's actually pre pretty fucking cool. And uh, just the Sixth Doctor's entire half of this story is so good. It's just so good and so packed with, like, emotional twists and turns. And the ending is just fucking brilliant and leads into arrangements for war so nicely. I love it. And, and uh, I couldn't help but notice you, you didn't call out the Seventh Doctor half of it. Do you, do, you, <laughs> do you hold that one in a lower regard? <laughs> Slightly, but it's still really fucking good. It's really, really solid. I, See, I think, I think like, both halves, like, like, feed into each other really nicely. Um, they do. I just think that I just think the sixth Doctor half is just so it's just so good. The seventh Doctor one, well, it's it's very in the background. Well, the, well the, the 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 problem with the difference between them is that it's so tailored to be a sixth Doctor story. It so perfectly fits within the Six and Evelyn era that mm -hmm. the seventh Doctor's inclusion could feel shoehorned if he wasn't used so well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not really a seventh Doctor. Well, I, I do really like that second half with the. It's sort of a twist, so I don't really want to spoil it. But I, it, I Brian, do really Brian, like. We talk spoilers here. You can talk about spoilers. We can. It's okay. Also, I just this, really, this release really has also love, been out for like fifteen years. So. I really love the clone plot. I really. Oh like yeah, it. so do I. And it's really <laughs> fucking dark and very very grim. And you can also, you can also tell with the clone one. Sorry, there's a lot of noise. Okay, you can also tell the clone one with leading up to twist edit that something's not right here because he's pl he's also played a bit more like a caricature of what the Doctor should also, be. Just the image of Colin Baker, you know, the sixth Doctor getting his arm chopped off is fucking wildly disturbing for me. <laughs> oh yeah. This is also the first time. This is also this is also the first time the main. This is also the first time in the main range the sixth Doctor has his blue coat. 
It is. That is that is true. That is true. So, yeah. So it's implied then that he has it up until the end of the evil and stuff, right? It's, impl- it's impl- Yeah, it's implied at least up till it's impl- it's implied at least up till mid up, up until Charlie, because Charlie, yeah. he has he has his he, ha- he has the blue coat through most of his stories with Charlie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because because and, and I know he has it during stuff, like the Ron Doctors the and the stuff with uh, and the stuff with Jago and Lightfoot. Like it's heavily implied that he's not wearing. He's not in Jago and Lightfoot. He's wearing something else, uh, more uh, more Victorian. Well, well, no, well, no. In the Ron Doctors, they say that he's wearing the blue coat. But yes. I, I think I would say the Jago and Lightfoot stuff happens later because you have pro- uh, the cover of um. Jago and Lightfoot. The Jago and Lightfoot what? outfit is different. The Jago what and Lightfoot outfit is more like. What's the story behind the blue coat? It's his morning outfit. It was mentioned in real time. Um, uh, it, it was literally designed for that real time webcast because they couldn't animate all the colors. Yeah. Like, so they were like, uh, "Make it blue." I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a great decision, also to, also to like, to. To sort of subconsciously like bring out a more mature sixth doctor, I think. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, that is fair to say. Yeah. I think Colin himself also I mean, it's not surprising, but I think Colin himself also prefers this outfit. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean I I, mean, I, 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 mean, I I'm a I'm a rainbow coat apologist, but uh, but yeah, I mean I do love the blue coat. I prefer the blue coat and I love Colin Baker's technicolor coat. Mm. There's also also with it. Also, with here, this is the story where the sixth Doctor and Evelyn's relationship changed forever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Evelyn, in particular, in this one. That's why it's so fucking solid. That ending to the first half, man. Mm. Even and even within the second half, when the seventh Doctor says, "Crashes in as Evelyn's just sat there sobbing with her pills." It's so fucked. There's also also in the second half when the seventh Doctor confronts the sixth Doctor. He says, "She never forgave you." So so that's basically them saying. Nothing's going to be the same again with these two. And, and it's implied. It's implied Seven knows what happens with Evelyn at the very, like, post. It is, it is because for him, in like, his timeline, this is after this is after death in the family. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like, like, I always pictured Project Lazarus for, for basically all the Seventh Doctor stories we're talking about today, bar Flip Flop, uh, because Flip Flop is with Mel, um, as very near the end of Seven's life. Like, this is... Oh, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. This is seven wrapping things up. Um, yeah, and, and I just and I just love McCoy so playing. Well. I love McCoy playing this doctor. I want I'll, obviously I'll talk more about it in Master, um, but like I just I love him playing this really somber doctor that is that is that is definitely over the manipulating, but still he's like he's carrying the shadows of everything he's done in his life, um, and yeah. and you just feel that within his performance. It's just gorgeous. <clears throat> Um, yeah, it's Sylvester McCoy is the weakest actor to play the Doctor. My ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you hear me? I don't really think there's. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh yeah, good. I was just checking because my lights. Also, we haven't mentioned okay. Nimrod. We haven't mentioned Nimrod or the Forger. Oh, we haven't mentioned Nim- Nimrod. Is such a he's kind of a really good foil for Seven. To be honest, like, like you have Nimrod, this incredibly manipulative character. He was introduced in Project Twilight, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he was played by a different actor there. No. No, it's was the he? same guy. I think I think it's the same Is guy it? anyway. No, I'm yeah. fairly certain it's a different I, actor. Are you, are you no, getting mistaken? I, are you, are you I, getting... I just listened to Project Destiny and looked at all the credits for each of the project stories. It's I think the same guy. Com- I think you're getting confused with Nobody No One who had a different actor in The Word Lord and Death in the Family. Well, I know Nobody No One got changed. Or Oracle. I, 
Oracle changed between Lazarus and um, Project Destiny. The computer. Mm. Um, so Connor. No, no, he was. I, I just checked. He 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 was a different actor. Oh. In Project Twilight. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What? To be fair, Project Twilight is the one I've listened to the least, but yeah, it doesn't mean I don't. But yeah. And but the guy playing him here really is really tell. good. He's really good, and he's so he is so evil as well. It's all, all the, see... the Forge is like is for, Forge is almost like a blueprint for Torchwood in a way, and I want and I want Big Finish to make to have them face off at one point. I feel like the Forge is, just leads a bit too much on the evil side, you know, to, to compare them to Torchwood. But it, but the, but the general concept of them, that the, at least Yvonne Hartman's Torchwood, that if it's the if it's alien, it's ours aspect of them. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Connery of the Torchwood aren't vampires, though. <laughs> There's probably a vampire in Torchwood. <laughs> probably, yeah, but yeah. the Forge aren't vampires either. Only Nimrod is the vampire. Only Nimrod and, well, and, and Cassie. And oh, Arthur. poor Arthur. Cassie. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe oh, Young's girlfriend Cassie is a vampire. Either. We need to yeah, talk about Cassie. Do. She's, oh, she, oh, this it's poor, poor girl. Like, her, her story, like, Project Twilight leaves you with this little bit of hope. That Project Lazarus just takes and breaks and <laughs> her burns intera- her interactions with Evelyn, even before she do- even before she gets killed. Where her interactions with Evelyn, it's almost like she is shattering her shattering her soul. And, and, and there's this whole idea that she's basically just brainwashed into thinking everything she loved died. Yeah. And Jacob, it's the same voice actor between Twilight and Lazarus. It's Stephen no, it Chance. isn't. No, it isn't. It's- it's Stephen it's Chance. Rupert Booth and Stephen Chance is not in Project Twilight. It is Rupert Booth in Project Twilight. Project Twilight's TARDIS wiki page says Stephen Chance. Pro- and TARDIS wiki also also won't include the Big Finish Chameleon story, so not exactly reliable. But it also Wait, it, it also lists Doctor William Aberton as Rupert Booth. Uh, is it t- Wait, so? Um, yeah, they're two different characters in that story. I think. Mm. Except they aren't. Hang on, let's try the Big Finish website, because I... Yeah, now that it, now it's on my mind, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna have a look. Wait, Connor, what was that about the chameleon stories, though? Or no, Connor, it's Zach. It's because for, for a long time, they wouldn't, they, for some reason, they just weren't, in, weren't, weren't adding information of, of the new chameleon stories, for whatever reason. Yeah, it's because Rupert Booth. Stephen Chance is that. not listed in the cast list for Project Twilight. I'm so confused right now. Yeah, no, it's... I think that's a that's a TARDIS wiki added it because the character's there, but it's played by a different actor. Might be. Also, um, what also also in in this this also kicks off one of the big one of the biggest um story arcs of the seventh doc of the seventh Doctor's era, at least upcoming. This 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 character, I'll just say, it, Hex hasn't been introduced yet, but this sort of kicks off his storyline. Oh yeah, this is definitely this is the prequel to Hex showing up in Harvest. Yeah, like, and also like, like, I, Brian, I, I want to come back to like that that thing you were saying at, at the beginning, or the thing that we were talking about more so that like that the sixth Doctor and second, seventh Doctor segments feel like kind of separated, but especially when you consider like where they go later down the line, like what, like the connection between the sixth and seventh Doctor eras with Evelyn and Hex Mace and everything. Yeah, it's it's kind of perfect, like as far as like the parallel goes in in, in this story. I yeah, I think it works really well. I think one thing that I don't know if anyone's mentioned yet is that 
um, I wa- I listened to a lot of the main range very recently and in order. And one of the biggest things for me was that Doctor Who and the Pirates came before this. Because Doctor Who and the Pirates is obviously... It's um, the Doctor and Evelyn helping a girl from not committing suicide, right? It's it's mm-hmm. avoiding tragedy. So in that story, they avoided tragedy. And then in this one coming right after it, the tragedy actually happens. Yeah. Well, even that, that's well, even such a Doctor great Who bit of narrative Pirates. cohesion. Like, there is as... there is still cabin boy there's still there's still cabin boy gem and it's implied that this that 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 incident in in Doctor and the Pirates also contributed to Evelyn's attitude to the mm. Doctor changing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I think I think when we were doing those Evelyn Smythe videos a while ago, Joey, that was one of the things we mentioned that Doctor Who and the Pirates leads into Project Lazarus really fucking mm. nicely, Absolutely. just thematically. Okay. It's. Yeah. It, it's 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 something that the early, that the main range doesn't do anymore is that it makes the range have in have co- these con- these connections and they're the yeah. type of connections like you see a character develop through the range or you see oh they haven't this really character... done that I haven't really done that since Charlie to be honest they really haven't mm. yeah but one of my one of my most surreal moments listening to Big Finish was the end of part two and just the performances from. Colin and Maggie are some of the best I've heard in Big Finish in that you, episode. You can, what I like is you and, can and, and pinpoint the exact earlier. moment. You can yeah. pinpoint the exact yeah. moment the relationship breaks and reforms. Yes, and right yeah. here I can. Right. Mean, meanwhile, sorry, sorry, Evelyn. I know Cassie's dead, but I'm too socially awkward to deal with it. <laughs> um, oh. I, I was going to say, but, like all, all that, like coupled with. Learning, um, learning about uh about Evelyn's Even, cancer, like oh, heart, just she had a heart, so heart, heart condition. It's a heart condition. Heart condition, yeah. Which Sorry. comes up later. Which is, and you get this feeling that Evelyn really, through, and it, and it kind of makes you realize certain performance choices in the previous stories have all been sort of leading to this. Like, oh yeah, this they, was something that was they definitely planned. had this. Yeah, they definitely had this figured out early on, and they told Maggie Stables about it. That like. Yeah. In those more somber moments, or or even triumphant moments, to just remember that, like, remember the reason why Evelyn is doing all this, and um, yeah. and, and and what she's traveling for. So yeah, another another just little bit I love performance wise is the scene where Cassie actually gets fucking murked. Um, just because Colin Colin Baker, I love it when Colin Baker gets either really really angry to the point that it's not like you know obnoxious angry or he gets really fucking upset and sad mm. and yeah. these are things that happen within yeah, like the, five minutes of each other there's also also, also another thing i want to bring up about this is in in the sick doc in the sick doctor part it's almost like it, it almost like it almost bookends itself towards the end it opens with Op- it opens with a casual conversation with the, doc- with the Doctor and Evelyn talking about breakfast and making tea, and then towards the end, just before Evelyn breaks down, it- the Doctor go- goes comes back to the- oh, would you like to go and make make Would you like to go make us some cocoa? And we'll talk. And then it's almost it was al- it was almost like it was bringing it back around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. But I just, just I just really like that damn you Nimrod line. It's mm-hmm. it fucking hits different. As well as as yeah. well as Nimrod's actors actor. Actors' delivery on Artemis, you're fired. Mm. Just that lat, those last few minutes of that half of the story are just on yeah. fire. And then also that the fact that it's like you, you, you hear that, 
and then it cuts to the seventh doctor's opening theme i just i just lost it. i was i was so euphoric oh. about it yeah yeah <laughs> um all right so uh i guess we've, we've talked about this one for a while uh let's do rings at a 10 for product lazarus jacob um probably an, oh this is gonna be hard because these are all all five of the sto- six of the stories we're talking about are so great um 8.5 yeah mm. Okay, uh, Zach. I think I'm gonna. I I think I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this. As, I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. All right. Just because uh, just because the seventh Doctor era, just because the seventh Doctor story is a bit is a bit of a step down from from how good the sixth Doctor one was, but it's I still really like this one. I really now I know I didn't like fucking wank off the second half as much as the first half, but like the second half still is pretty fucking solid. Like. So I, I I don't really have any qualms about giving it a ten. <laughs> and uh, Connor, um, oh uh, yeah. So I haven't really talked about the second half. Um, I oh. yeah, I think I like Brian. I think the second half's fantastic. It's horrifying. It's just I was just sitting there for like an hour and a half. Or was it an hour and a half? No, it's forty five minutes ish, fifty minutes. I'm just in my seat, just completely this, this mortified by it. This is one of those few it. Doctor Who stories that manages to fuck me mm-hmm. up. So like, and it's it it's that probably now. it's probably the mo- one of the most unique multi Doctor stories ever made. In fact, although to be fair, there is another one coming up. Um, but yeah, this one is this one is an absolute classic and also a great uh, sequel to Project Twilight. I'm going to give it a nine. I would agree with that I'd give it a nine. All right. Um, again, shit. I don't have writers handy. Someone help me out. Let's move on to flip Jonathan flop. Morris. What is it? Jonathan Morris. Hold on. It's Jonathan Morris. Jonathan oh. explains it. Is this, I like was Jonathan this, what, Morris. Was this his first big finish? This was his second big finish. What his was his first? Was blood, uh, blood Tide. Right? Yeah, Blood Tide. Blood Tide. Oh. Which is which is fascinating which... because I adore Blood Tide, and meanwhile I dislike flip flop more and more with each um, passing. Oh, <laughs> So, I'm very, if you pardon the pun, flip flopped on flip flop. I'll explain. I'll explain what I mean. It's like I think that I think one half. I think one of the CDs just has a more interesting story than the other than the other than the other CD. I'm more in the, the at the. What I mean is um the black CD, which which more focuses on this on this on the on the Slithergies and their and their and their and their fucked up and this fucked up society that they've made. I think I think that that's more interesting than what than what we get on the other one on the other side. See, the first time I listened to the story, I listened to it so it was white then black, and then the second time I did black then white, and I I liked it the first time. I didn't like it the second time. So part of me thinks. Uh, that although it technically you can listen to it in either order, the right order is to go white then black. See, I, I just think it's a fucking gimmick, and it totally loses its charm after the first listen. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> know because I've only listened to it once, and I, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> which side did it you is, listen to? It is to? definitely a gimmick. Uh, white black. I listened to it on the Spotify at all, which okay. is white black. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's 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 um. I think out of the stories we list, uh, we're talking about today, this one's probably my least favorite, but I still really like it. It's cool, it's neat, uh, and it has some highlighted moments, but it's not like a classic. I think the I think the concept of the actual audio itself is quite cool, though. The fact that it's like you listen, you can listen to either side first, and you'll still get the full narrative. It's just that there's parts in it that are 
kit from you, depending on which side you listen to first. It was a big finish. Audio sex. Yay! Yeah. Um, but I, I think, Brian, I can see why it would be better what listen to White Black, considering the things that you get in Black, because I think it's very much written in a way where it's like the things that are left out of White are answered in Black, whereas in Black it's just like, rather than it being deliberately mystery, it's more just like there's things you don't know in Black yeah. when you listen to Black. I think, guest, I think you know? that's the issue with listening to it in that order. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as deliberate when you listen to Black Verse. It's just like, oh, there's things that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there yeah. are these weird slug creatures holding these humans on leashes, and we are victims. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea. I, I love the idea. I, well, I like a lot of flip-flops. Flip-flops, it's mm. such... It's just one. It's just one aspect is is just for me. It's just more interesting than the other. I was. I really. I really liked. I really liked the scene when the, when the Slithergees were talking about how they were an oppressed minority, despite well, me, I mean, despite being literally the dominant species on the planet. I mean, I, mean, Zach, I, just, I just think Zach, you need Zach, that build up from white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, do you think maybe the reason why is that if you, when you're listening to it the first time, like if you listen to white first, it's deliberately trying to set up a, like mysteries within the plot. Whereas, um, and then Black answers them. Whereas if you listen to Black first, the white part's not that, but not that interesting because you yeah. already have the mysteries that it wants to set up. Mm-hmm. This this time around, when re-listening to it for for this, I did I did white then I did white then black, and it mm. and a few months earlier I did black then white, and it's just it just really highlighted how much how much one side was more one side was just more interesting than the other bit. And well, I, then again, really, I really couldn't care about I really couldn't care about the presidential affair thing. Right. Well, I mean, it's, again, I mean, it's just like I, I just it, feel like black. Black is a lot more consequential, which might be why it feels a bit more complete. Yeah, it's definitely not a, a great mm. ass story. But like, what I can what I can I, say is that because I listened to it for the first time recently, um, I was quite um, I I really liked how uh, at first, you know, the Doctor and Mel don't really know. They're really confused because they're like, I haven't done that. <laughs> you telling me I did this? I didn't do that. And then they eventually figure out what's going on. That there's mm. that there's two of them. I thought that was quite cool. Although it is again, like you said, very gimmicky. But you know, it's 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 one that or, you can do once and then not do I, again. I do, I, suppose. I do think it needs to be said that it does take a lot of you know creativity to do something like that. That's oh, not yeah. oh, definitely. Yeah, like, like, oh, definitely. I commend it for for the job that Jonathan Morris had to pull off, but. It is a very box centered story, I think. Like it, just, it doesn't do much for me just as a plot. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate it. I feel like I feel like for the gimmick that it's doing, it kind of has to be. Otherwise, it's going to be completely in- incohesive and confusing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm laughing at though right now, looking at the website. This cover was done by Lee Binding, and just yeah, this this was this was the second Whoa. one. He, this this was the second one he ever did. The first one he did was the was was the first Excellus one. How far we've come. I thought he did Project yeah. Lazarus as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did do Project Lazarus. Okay. I still. How far we've come. But, I, but either way, this is this these are really early, really early binding, and now he's and now and now his art is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, not so much. He yeah. did all the Excellus ones, which just look like bad Photoshop, which is because it is bad Photoshop. <laughs> early, early, early days. Yeah. Oh, it's so, 
It's so weird because you <laughs> most you, of the you early big finish a... covers are kind of shit. I don't know if you've guys you guys Clayton, you know, have never, noticed this. Like Clay, Clayton Hickman. I disagree. I think I think, you, I think, I think covers are are really good. I think Clayton Hickman apologized for the Shadow of the Scourge cover. Oh, on multiple occasions, yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else to say on flip flop? Um, um, I, 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 part of me kind of wishes we got us that story. I feel like this might have worked better if the tongue, if it was a bit more tongue in cheek, because there is kind of a tonal whiplash. Like you have the Slytherin plot being this really dark and grim one, while the other one is just kind of standard who. Like, well, also the story itself is called flip flop. Which you don't <laughs> take that fucking title seriously. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it isn't fun enough for for like doing such a fun and different concept for Big Finish. It's it doesn't do enough, does it? Uh, no. I will say McCoy, McCoy and Langford are actually really good. Like, oh yeah, they're fun. They're oh fun yeah, they're, they're they're fine. I I, I always really enjoyed the dynamic. I think there are some. I think there are some fairly big, fair, famous names in this one, unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken. I know Francis McGee is in it, and he was in Game of Thrones. Um, uh, um, um, Trevor Martin's in it. Yeah. Uh, Trevor think, Littledale's in I it. I think the He's... thing is, like, it's not that the plot's fun, it's just the gimmick around the plot is fun. That, that's kind yeah. of why I took it. I think it's I think it's really solid I, I do, because I do, of how different I do it is. Really, really other like stories. the black disc, though. I agree with you on that. Zach. Mm-hmm. Black. Is I'd say, stuff. I'd say that. Well, then, I mean, normally I'd say stuff like the Slithergies have been been done better in other stories, but they really haven't. But when the Slithergies have appeared again, they've they've been jo- they've been joke characters. Good. Anyway, yeah, let's but, get ready. But, but the they haven't appeared again, Zach. They have a oh oh. Actually, even without that, they 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 appeared in Max Warp. Oh, were they in Max Warp? Did they? Yeah, yeah, they oh, were. Yeah, in, they, they, were, they, were <laughs> they were in Max. They were in Max Warp. God, that is a weird episode. That one. <laughs> I don't like Max Warp. I Max love Max. Really Jeremy, cl- Top Gear in space. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know. It's 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 really weird and really forced. I know it, it is. It, but I, I, I always, I always want yeah. Maxwell to be very deep. What is, what is Jeremy Clarkson's like character? Wait, what does the Jeremy Clarkson caricature say? He's like, "What are you liberals gonna do? Hug each other?" <laughs> <laughs> I know the satire is blatant, but that's why I love the story. I know. What is it like? The James May one, like flirts with Lucy in the elevator. Ugh, it's yeah. so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Right. Uh, let's give Rings a 10 for flip flop for the third time now. Um, Brian. Seven. Seven. Zach. Um, I'd probably give it about a six. Connor. Shit, I'm going to give it an eight. Eight to them. Jacob. A seven. I'm going to be crucified by everyone in existence when I give it a 3.5. What Whoa. the fuck is wrong with that? Yeah, that's... That's a bit harsh. I cannot get into this one. I really can't. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Damn. I listened to right. one at the gym, this one at the gym, and I could still get into it. Who's <laughs> hmm. shitting your bowl of cereal this morning, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing, though. From now on, I'm going to give, like, the highest scores of all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, will, <laughs> I will say, I will oh, say, fuck. I will say I just for the next four audios, there's nothing coming out of my mouth underneath a nine. Yeah, like, flip flop is the only one in this entire entire run here that I don't like. So, 
I'm going to be pretty, pretty positive for the rest of it. So let's move on to Omega by Nev Fountain. Who would like to begin? Is this the first Nev Fountain? Um, all, I, all I'm going to say is... I think it is. It is has it to be. A, ne- a Nev Fountain story that doesn't involve Perry. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All I'm going to say is that twist. Yeah. That twist. Oh, the twist. Oh, this is just, oh, this is just such a good. Okay, a so good. so because I because I respect this twist so much, I'm going to ask that we don't spoil it. We're going to have yeah. like a one or two minute spoiler section, and we will tell we'll tell uh, tell everyone like when we're going to talk about it, they can mm-hmm. skip forward a bit. Um, so let's refrain from spoiling the amazing twist of Omega. I just respect yeah. it that much. Um, yeah. Who would like to begin? Um. I mean, how could you talk about it without talking about the twist, though? I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot to Well, I think it's a tragedy that we didn't get more Omega with Brian just talking right over me. Okay. Brian overruled, let Jacob speak. If I didn't realize you were, I'm sorry, go. Brian, he was speaking already. Jacob, go ahead. So, Nev Fountain opens the story with this, this amazing little writing trick that, um, he, and you don't quite realize he does it, that you, he, he sets you up to understand that you're with an unreliable narrator. Um, he, he plants that idea early on, because you open with this narration, um, okay, I'll tell you the story, only because you asked, and only because it's you. That, yeah. so you, and you get this idea, and you have... You basically, from that point, you realize, okay, we're being told a story. So having a story with, like, all these characters who are just kind of larger than life, like, you have, um, well, uh, I, I'm not even going to talk about Omega for a bit, but you have these two old, old ladies, this um, Maven and Glinda, who is this just amazing double act of these old biddies, who are yeah. just sort of being like, yes, we, we just, they aren't satisfied with anything. On this tour, you have you have this like this washed up actor uh, um, who plays it just as over the top, what? and then you Where have this Conrad West. Stars? Weren't you watching stars in their thingy on Channel Four Hundred and Sixty One? Uh, and then you have the Conrad Westbrook's character who goes insane and tries to chop off people's hands, and it's oh, great. that's right, Conrad Westbrook is in this, isn't he? Shit. Yeah, Conrad Westbrook is in this. I wonder who that's foreshadowing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're, we can talk about Borshan when we get to Zagreus because I have so many theories about what they were doing with Zagreus, and they're all clever. Um, you have you have the first me- you have the first corporeal mention of the Zagreus character here. Um, mm, yeah. Of like, He's, yeah, that Zagreus was this Time Lord. Like, yeah, yeah. You have the end of Neverland. With, you also have with, with annuals. And you also have that rant. You also have Colin saying there's a greatest rhyme back in Project Twilight. Yeah, like mm. they've been building this up, but this is the first time where you actually get to see. Oh, Zagreus was a Time Lord. Mm. Um, oh, and you have you have you have Sentia who is just insane. Like she wants to marry Omega, a mass murderer, and and there's just so much stuff here. You go into Omega's the, history. Yeah, you get to you get to see like pre pre Time Lord. F in the chat Gallifrey. for my boy Palix. Oh, F for F Palix, the dunce of Gallifrey. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think th- this story would not work if it was Stephen Thorne playing Omega. It only yeah, he would have just he would have he would have he would have he would have hammed it up. I just want to say it's a shame that he didn't get to play Omega more than this story. 
other than Arc of Infinity. Because yeah. he's so fucking good. He's really good in this. Especially, I wish we had had more of him. Like, sincerely. this He's so good at it. Oh, I mean, this is also, this yeah, is also and, first and, and in a series of four really long stories that don't feel long at all. Like, each mm. episode in this story is over a half hour. Yeah, like, that's true. Mm. That, is, that is very And you do not it. feel it. It's, yeah, also, it's also a rare time with the fifth Doctor being by himself as well. Yeah. There's it another, very um, rarely happens. He's almost, I think he's in every single story on TV, he's with a companion. Yeah, no, he big finish find, never alone. Big finish, big big finish, finish have, find ways around that. They like squeeze. they have found gaps, and the gaps make sense. The gaps yeah. make sense. Uh, there's, this an, is... there's another. Th- there's another thing as well. The running theme with this. This this applies to the other two stories as well. The running theme with this whole trilogy is the Doctor not being not the Doctor not being different, not being that different from from his from his biggest enemies. In this case, Omega, Omega Davros and the Master. And in Omega's case, being a re- being this renegade on Gallifrey, Omega had this had this revolutionary theory that was panned by everyone. And the Doctor, of course, as we know, stole stole a TARDIS, and and, and, and I just I just love Omega's backstory. I love it so much. I love like I love like like how he got his name. You know, I I love like I love like where that comes from. Which is, I I think it's fascinating. And of course, Ian Collier. I mean, I prefer Stephen Thorne personally, um, but I think Ian Collier like totally like captures. He's better at capturing like the nuances of Omega. Honestly, can I can I be real with you? This performance alone makes me prefer this guy's version of Omega to Stephen Thorne. But, but, but have you heard Intervention Earth? I have. And he and he's, Stephen Thorne. Stephen Thorne's barely in that shit. Intervention Earth, but it's not amazing when he's in it. Intervention Earth showed that he, that Stephen Thorne still had it. Right, but there. But Ian Collier is still great in this. He is he. Like 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 what he said, he captures the nuances of. I mean, rede- redemption well. from Ark of Infinity, definitely. Oh my, by one hundred percent. And the one thing, I really, I when when of course we get the pay, the twist of why he was called Omega. I think his delivery of that, yeah, you know what that you know what that mark is. Yes, Omega. I thought I found that I loved that delivery so much. So, uh, and it is kind of a twist that Palix is Omega because you you're kind of led to believe that this is just a Pal- story. Palix Ohm. suddenly got that. Mm. Wait, so seriously, you on. didn't pick up on that? I don't know. I don't know how I didn't, but whatever. Anyway, um, I guess we could uh, talk about the, the the proper twist now. Um, there's a gigantic twist in Omega for those who aren't aware. I think most people are aware, but I still like to keep it preserved for those who don't know it. So, um, so if you've not heard of Omega, it's very cheap on the Big Finish website. Go listen to it. And it's spoiler, also on Spotify. Yes, it is. If you listen for free on Spotify, there we go. Mm-hmm. So spoilers, three, two, one, go. The Doctor has, that we've been following for the first three episodes is actually Omega, and yep. it's just fucking beautiful. It's incredible. It's one of the best twists in the whole franchise. It was also spot they, they kept this on in the long run. They kept this on in the long run by by using it as, as an excuse for to 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 put five in, so, in in solo adventures. Like this is also where his River Song series takes place. Dude, yeah. yeah. Dude, this moment is legitimately one of the most shit your pants moments I've ever heard from a big finish audio. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I don't th- I don't think I've ever sat back and listened to another audio with a really big twist that made me go, 
But you know, but you know, one of the what's, best. What's really cool the, though is that what's really cool about it though is that all the work is already done for Ned Fountain as far as like actually having to build up to the twist. Because if you watched Arco Infinity, yeah. all the evidence is right there. You exactly. should already know. But you really, but but Ned Fountain did such a great job of like of building it up and hiding the twist simultaneously. Is it that a, you don't well, see it coming? Really, and really, really it's so kind sense. of a simple twist. And if any other writer had done it. Like, you probably would have been able to see it coming. But because um, Nev Fountain knows how to do it, you fucking don't. And it so- comes so far out of left field. And something as well. If, like, the fuck? And something as well. When you, on repeat listens, when repeat list, listens, when you know the twist and you actually pay attention to the fifth, do- to the doc- to the doctor's mannerisms there, you can, you can see, you can see something, you can, li- you can hear something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's more he's acting more arrogant than usual, more more eager, more e- more egotistical, and then the then the real doctor shows up. And that yeah. panel episode is really just twist after twist after twist. Like then you get oh these old ladies are this old lady's a time lord and her TARDIS, and she's a fanboy of the doctor, fangirl of yes. the doctor. It's it's such a Stephen Moffat twist, but done like so well. If it was a Stephen well, Moffat, the, the a Stephen the Moffat, Moffat twist, twist like. Is any good plot twist should should both leave you completely dumbfounded, like like you shouldn't see it coming, and it should also make perfect sense. This was, does both. Most Stephen Moffat a, twists come out of nowhere, but don't make much sense. And if this was a Stephen Moffat twist, she would have tried to shag the Doctor right there. <laughs> well, she kind of does try to, doesn't she? <laughs> but, she but Moffat would have taken it further. And then, you, and then you, and then again, it comes back to my initial point of being an unreliable narrator. That at the very end, we end with that same sort of with that same monologue we end where we began realizing that this entire story as we've been seeing it has been heavily edited already like yeah we aren't seeing the actual events of the story well i mean wouldn't it still be it zach wouldn't it still be a great twist if she was in mid mid shag with the doctor and then he turns into omega and she's like what the hell and then the doctor walks in in like hello (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hello, nice to meet you. Also, in a, in a few in a future in a future audio in the water in the waters of Amsterdam, actually sh- they they actually went out of their they went out of their way to say, "Yep, yeah, this is when Ob- this is when Omega took place." Yep, yep. Like a moment where the doctor disappears briefly at the end and then shows up, and says, "Oh, by the way, I've cu- I was dealing with Omega." How great is yeah. the Wires of Amsterdam? I fucking love that. It's a, I love it. Wow. I, th- I feel like I need that to whole trilogy is well. fantastic. Aquatine yeah. and the Pyramid Massacre. Oh mm-hmm. God, it's that. Peter Lou Massacre is the best one out of them. Big finish of Re- big finish really made me appreciate that that fifth Doctor team more. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that, that's my favorite fifth Doctor team now. Actually, five Tiga and Nissa. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's do a ratings out of ten for Omega. I think we're gonna be pretty uh, pretty pretty straight across the board. I would give it a nine out of ten, uh, Connor. Uh ooh, I will give Omega. A eight point five. Eight point five, damn. All right, uh, Jacob. I give it a nine. Uh, Zach. Okay. This is difficult because compared to the other other two coming up, this is this one I feel might Let be the weaker it one. Let stand but on its own. I will. Okay, Kate. On its own, nine out of ten. Okay, Brian. I agree with Zach. It's a nine. <laughs> okay, so mostly nines, only slightly wavering up or down. All right. Um, I guess I know it does it for Omega. Let us move on to 
Davros by oh, no. Lance Parkin. Lance, Lance Parkin. Parkin. Oh, no. Yes. Everyone's going to crucify Oh, right. This is the one that Brian yeah. doesn't like. Oh. Hey, Brian, you're so lucky that Dylan's not here today. He would have slaughtered you. <laughs> I've had him like slam my ass for not liking this one multiple times. Well, you, well, there's something wrong with you, mate. It's it's a brilliant story. <laughs> it's it's the only reason anyone would find it interesting is because the whole story is about learning more about Davros. And is that a bad thing? No, right. But it it <laughs> loses its effect when you already know all there is not, to know about not, Davros. Not necessarily. I to I Davros. Not necessarily. I've listened to this three times, and the third time was the time I liked it the most. Yeah, so but here's the thing. I listened to I, Davros, then this story. Actually, what I will say is, what's great about this story is if you hated The Magician's Apprentice and you want to get the real story, that's the yeah. best part. This sto- <laughs> Dav- I, hadn't, I, I hadn't heard Davros when The Magician's Apprentice came out, but this made me hate that story more. All the, just because, all the just because he was so things... good in this. All the twists and things in this story rely on you not knowing Davros's past. And Except like on the first really time, twists. they're not twists. They're just death givers. There isn't, there isn't the anything t- that changes the trajectory. The main, in fact, the main tw- main quote unquote twists of the story aren't even to do with Davros's backstory. Not really. I also, Wendy Pandery and yep. Bernard oh, Horsfall yes. are in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, actually, Bernard Horsfall's last Doctor Who role ever. One thing I actually will say is. I really Other... like about um, Big Finish in this time is that uh, because they weren't using um, characters from the first three Doctors, or even four Doctors eras at this point, is that they they still used the actors. Mm-hmm. They got they said, hey, can you come and do different roles? Yeah. Um, that's right, because Wendy Tadbury That should be a story behind that. I mean, when they were when Big Finish was starting, when Fr- Fraser Hines actually went to Guy to Guy Russell, he actually showed him his Patrick Troughton impression, something something like that, and he said, "No, we aren't. We have we are we aren't in a mood to do classic IU sixties who at that at this point we aren't doing anything at the moment." Uh, but of course, later that changed. Mm, yeah, of course. Only until um, after Russell left. Yeah, only then. Only then. Really? Is that why? Yeah, the Companion Chronicles had started at that point. It's a um, Russell Russell left his his big head duties in late two thousand. I know the I know the king I know the kingmaker came out was done during. Oh, that Gary whole, Russell. I thought you meant Russell T Davies. Yes, Gary. Yes, Gary Russell. <laughs> oh no, Gary. we're not talking about uh, Russell T Davies. Sorry. Right. I was just like, why why, why would he have a good sixties content? <laughs> it was. I, don't, yeah, Ga- it I think was, Gary. I think Gary Russell just didn't want to like have to recast. But yeah, the, doctors. Yeah. The main focus of this story is sort of. Davros and his backstory and how that connects to his relationship with the Doctor. And, like, the scenes with Colin and Davros are pretty good, and Davros's monologue at the beginning is fucking phenomenal. It's just the rest of it it's, this I story already is... know because, and I know way more in depth, and it, on my first listen, it just it just bored me. But it's I mean, not just about knowledge, though. It's also about the conversation that he's having with the Doctor about this knowledge, and how yeah, but the issue the is that's not how the entire story. It shows, how, it shows also that, that you can do a Davros story without without really without needing the Daleks. It shows he's a force unto, unto himself to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And, and I love I love the, the fact that the the story forces them to work together. Like yeah, the that's the thing I love about it. And my favorite my favorite section is when. 
he talks about how in you know on Scaro when obviously there was a um I think it was a bomb. And yeah, that's that's which and is he how looks he ends at his up hand he and he sees the flesh on his hand just fall off and he just he sees the bones in his hand. That that was my favorite Terry, scene in Deborah. Oh. When when Terry, Terry Malloy's Terry, Terry Malloy's delivery when he just when he screams No No I mean I can't do it, but you know you know what I mean. That deli- that delivery was chilling. Mm, absolutely and on that note i think this this it's because of it is because of this story and uh, and his other big finish performances that terry malloy is the definitive davros in my eyes yeah yeah like everyone everyone loves michael wisher because genesis is brilliant but and terry J- malloy but, but jacob but jacob you're forgetting the david gooderson stands uh <laughs> again, <laughs> again we're lucky that dylan's not here <laughs> you see there's nothing you can do to stop it now uh, David Gooderson like did the best with what I think, he had I to think work David with. Gooderson had to do a whole hell of a lot more than Terry Malloy did to pull that shit off. Well, he was literally wearing Michael Wish's mask. <laughs> and working with a shitty script. Yeah. So, my only mild criticism of Davros is the very, very end is a little bit rushed. That's, uh, true. That's true. But apart from that, I think it's pretty perfect. Also, also, uh, also um, some ni- also some nice social some nice social comment some nice social commentary. I mean, Jubilee sort of did this a few did did this already, but, it's, but it's, this one goes in, goes into more not into more Nazi sim- Nazi sympathizers. In this case, Dalek sympathizers. They weren't that bad, really. They you see they had they had good points or this or he wasn't so bad. It was because this of this controversial figure was misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. And 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 Malloy and Padbury working off of each other is. There's this dynamic. I love, I love Padbury's character. Like I love, I don't know. I just love, like how like her interactions with Davros. I love her See, entire. See, I listened to the story yeah. like three times, and most of it I couldn't tell you what the fuck happens because I was just also bored da- to hear. also Davros also Davros confirmed simp for for Shan. Also, how good is the bloody soundtrack? Oh my word! Yes, yes. Who did oh, the score I love for this soundtrack. one? Um, I'm gonna check. Because he, because I, think, he very I, I think I actually used a bit of... Um, oh, it was, it was uh, Jane Elphinstone, and uh, the sound design was done by Jim Mortimer. Oh. That, that well, he does, he's, well, he's done it really... Well, it was really You can good. find the soundtrack on his SoundCloud, I'm pretty sure. Jim Mortimer has Yeah, it. yeah. I know, I know I used a bit of the Davros soundtrack for, uh, for Exodus. Mm. But yeah, like, there's this... The, 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 the dynamic between Padbury and Malloy's characters just... You have this, like, Davros somehow comes off as seductive. Yeah. Um, like, this this very, like, Davros can be charming even through the image of, let's be honest, this horrifying visage of just a burned person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's using- and, he, he, and he's like, all, all he turns, just basically turns up the charm. Um, yeah. Because she, because she admires, because she admires him so so much, he just he basically just let her, he basically just let him take take over take over the entire company because she just she just was so stuck in her beliefs of this or that this guy that this that this man was a genius that was misunderstood. And, and Davros makes the good decision as not to repeat the Daleks here. He he's basically just trying to take power because he sees. You're putting a megalomaniac who who's never been around corporations 
in with a big corporation. Yeah. Mm, so he's taking control and using because yeah, like a lot of the story is basically a big corporation. Corporations are evil. Here is why. Um, mm. Well, I mean, again, it's like I love I love how Davros is like commenting on, um, you know, the the political stances of of people in the story, and like he's oh, it's just so fascinating to see someone who's so corrupt be critical of people's like you know. Uh, especially with corporations, I just love that. I love how it's like, even someone who's so far fetched and so far gone from our own perspective, he yeah. still has this like. There's another another li- another line as well from from da- in a scene in one of the scenes with Dav with Davros and the doc and the Doctor, where he says where he where he says he's the, that with everything he's the the Doctor's the closest thing Davros has had to a friend. There's a way in and this and why I like here is this this story this story does that. Without turning, without making it seem like Davros is a misunderstood good guy. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I have one positive to say about this story. You better. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I do, I do like that scene that Zach just talked about, but it sets up a nice through line for the next two big finish Davros stories. Like, if you listen to this one back to back with the Juggernauts and Terra Firma. There is a really fucking solid narrative link between all three of them yes, about yeah. the relationship Dab- between Davros and the Doctor, and, another, and it is and, one of the most solid fucking things that Big Finish have done. And another thing, ever. one th- another thing, the idea that Davros is, be- is becoming more like the Daleks. I mean, this the, this this story is the first time he first time he got that little that little that little arc note in there where he sh- where he snaps and says. That he, I am not a, da- I am not a Dalek, because that, because that comes back in the next two stories, and, and that's a nice development on this idea that's been around with Davros since the very beginning of his character. Is that like, I know, I remember watching an interview, well, I think with Michael Wisher, where Michael Wisher was saying like one of the things they said about the character was that like, you know, like when he was angry, he, his voice would resemble a Dalek, like just like take that yeah. one step further and make Absolutely. him literally be like a Dalek. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, a- yeah, I love that. And I also love how love how the, if within this single story alone, it, expand, it expands on on Davros's life support life support system and how he is and how everything is out and how his entire how his entire body functions after after the after the accident. Mm-hmm. How he doesn't how how he doesn't need how he doesn't how he doesn't have teeth or taste buds so the so the so the chair feed so the chair feeds him and so and so on so forth and I and also I don't give a shit what you why why you. I don't give a shit, Moffat. Davros doesn't have eyes, and the story works better for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Why the hell does he have that thing on his head if he has eyes? That's <laughs> explained in palindrome. That's sort of <sighs> yeah, yeah but... in, pal- in palindrome, but even so. Go yeah, pal- and palindrome does a great job, and I love palindrome to bits. It's amazing. Yeah, but why but was also it in Moffat, the TV story did... though? Exactly. It's like, why does that to be explained in Palindrome? Why can't it just be explained in The Magician's Apprentice and not in this blue That's a good point, but we have a retcon. Makes it okay, but... (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, uh, let's do range out of 10 for Davros, Zach. This one, this is my my favorite of the trilogy. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. And Brian? This is your favorite of the trilogy? Oh boy, I'm gonna give this one a five because. Oh, oh my god, Jesus, <sighs> Jacob. Uh, I guess a ten. As uh, Connor. 
God, Brian, that rating's like worse than Joey's 3.5 for flip flop. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 9.5 just because I don't like the very end. But apart from that, is spectacular. I get and, crucified um, every time we talk about this story, and I know exactly why. That's the worst <laughs> part. I would personally give it a 9. So, all right, let oh. us move on to my oh. personal favorite trilogy and my favorite Doctor Who story of all time in all mediums, Master by the one and only Joseph Lidster, who I love to bits. Oh, oh, Master. So, Joey, you should take us one away. I'm gonna cut your throat. <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, I, I guess I'll start this one off. Um, I fucking adore Master. Um, uh, first off, just as a as a character piece and, and character dissection of Master, um, it's it's absolutely perfect. Um, taking it, it, taking. Uh, oh, go ahead. It only gets better after you read the VNAs. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I listened to this and fell in love from before I had even read the VNAs. Like, then then I read the VNAs and I listened to it again and I'm like. Oh, you can see so many little nods and things, and they're done so well, and it make, it just makes sense. Yep. Um. So yeah. So, but like, I think what's most interesting about Master though is that it takes the Master out of the story for the most part, and and dissects the Master as John Smith. Um. Taking you know, bringing the Doctor. Actually, the Doctor is not. not part of the plot until the end of part one not even really the, the beginning of part two. Oh my uh, god master really is just the master decided to do human nature this time yeah, yeah. that's literally that is literally that is literally okay. it but it's but it's still good and i know if i and i wouldn't be and i wouldn't be shocked if this I, if mass if master is better than human nature no this is definitely this is definitely so, oh, this, Jacob, is def- this is definitely better than human nature fuck off Ah, yeah. Jacob, Jacob, I know this is your favorite big finish. <laughs> it is. It is my favorite big finish. I love this thing to bits, mm. um, but I also love human nature to bits. But it might just be. I mean, okay. I, I wouldn't say that th- you can really compare this in human nature outside of the basic premise of making absolutely, a time yeah, yeah. Human. Of, of just being, but in a lot of in a lot of ways, this is a sequel to human nature. You can, you can sort of and and I wouldn't it's, be shocked. Oh, I would, I, it could be a spiritual successor. Uh, know, but again. In a way, it is, but it isn't. I think, but it's also. I think. But I, I think, think it does work. work. No merits. It does. I. I do See, think it but, works. But, here, but here's what you... makes it even. But here's what makes it like better than human nature. First off, and it's very concept is that the master didn't choose to be human. The doctor forced yeah. this upon. The doctor did something truly horrible a long time ago, and again, carrying on from that Project Lazarus persona of carrying the shadows of all his mistakes, this is something he did before he realized what a dick he was, he and he's there, and he's told. forced to deal with this. When he told, when the scene towards the end, when he, when, when you hear that, when you hear the child, when you hear the child doctor say, "Take him," that's 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 yeah. a gut, that's gut wrenching. Oh, also, yeah. Jeff, Jeffrey Beavers in this story, just oh, wow, my God. He is, he's absolutely phenomenal. Honestly, it's not just Jeffrey Beavers; it's all the performances you got. Sylvester yeah. McCoy, Philip obviously, Maddox, one of his best. Philip Maddock Maddox. in this story. Oh my Philip God! Mm, yeah. Like after listening to this again recently, and also watching the War Games again, and watching the Brain of Morbius again, I'm like, this guy's one of the best side cast. Oh yeah, had. I love Is that all the characters are flawed, and at some in some in, they're not they're not all quote unquote horrible, but they're all very very they're all very they're all very very flawed, and they all come yeah, yeah. to the no, doctor, no, which is fucking awesome. They're all just gun off the people. <laughs> This, and, I, think, I mean, and you and you know they're all shit people from yeah. the off. You know everyone's hiding some sort of a demon, 
And oh yeah, I mean, I mean, right from the beginning, when, when, when Victor and Jacqueline like walk into the house, and 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 Victor's and Victor's like talking about how like the, how John Smith should I be imagine. like should be like fucking his maid or whatever. Like it's yeah, it, that's it, just yeah, you. It, it's just the tip of the iceberg, and then you just delve further and further into their lives. Victor gets it's, drunk. Can we talk about that part two cliffhanger though? That. Oh, oh, oh. Will all who hear my voice are going to die. 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 Also, and, a guy, and, and the guy voicing death. The guy the guy's voicing death up until, oh, yeah. up until the twist. He is he is scary. Yeah. And then just that twist. And also, I don't know if anyone ever noticed, like in this uh if everyone I don't know if anyone listens to like the theme tune all the way through. Yeah. Um you can, but, but at the end going. of part two, yeah, at the end of part two, it is they have like the master laughing. Love that's that. That's not that's not the master laughing. That's that's death. Hmm. Well, no, no, no. I, well, no, that that that, that no. voice is always done by Jeffrey Beavers. No, it isn't. It's a different. That, that voice is that voice is death, and it's voiced by it's done by a different guy. I checked when 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 listening to it. Yeah, it's it's the guy who's in the frame story. It's the guy in the frame. Oh, story. oh, oh! It's the guy doing the assassin. Yeah. The, it's oh, the, his okay. name. Okay, I'm checking. Um, his name is, um, his name is Daniel Bazzotti. He's the voice. You're of fine, death. Joey. I always assumed it was Beavers too. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you learned something new about your favorite story, Joey. Yeah, how about that? Shit. Also, I mean, honestly, like, like, well, well and just, incredible. Just Char- can we talk about Charlie Hayes? Can we talk oh, about yes, Charlie? Yes, yes. As, as, as death. As oh death. my god, yes. Well, also, I just love her as Jada up until that point. Like, I love like like how she has to uh, like how how she has to deal with with the guests in the house up, up mm-hmm. until she reveals herself. Um, you know, like Jacqueline's pre- prejudice towards her that yeah. like you know that she that she can't have Victor because she's 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 lower than her. It's also a twist on the butler did it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because. Oh. But you also take it to she, another level. Because yeah, exactly. And and also, um, it's like again, uh, linking to other other things in Doctor Who, like death, um, being an internal, which again links yeah. to enlightenment. Yeah. Well, well, again, again, the death is the same character from the VNAs. This is a specific mm. character being There's brought another, back. Absolutely. Yeah. One scene that's one scene I absolutely absolutely adore that I never get tired of in this story. When when the when John Smith is talking is talking about his his thoughts when deli- when delivering a baby, when thought that he might that if that he could just kill it right now and but that would be pure evil when he's when he's deliberating that choice if he really is evil. Oh yeah. Yeah, love that. And this is the story where the doctor fails on everything. Like the doctor makes a deal with death and can't bring himself you know what's to actually really... complete his side of the deal. No. Like, and, and and that's what makes this such a perfect like one of the last couple, I mean for me in my head canon, the last seventh doctor story, um is that it shows how how far the seventh doctor has come as a character that he could make a deal so horrible but after all that time he can't actually fulfill it. Any any other day of the week, you know, post remembrance, the seventh doctor would would kill the master there and then. Um but here This is and a now, doctor who has gone through Long Barrel, who has gone through all the VNAs, a bunch of big finish stuff. He is He's gone to hell and back so many times, mm. and at this point, he just wants his friend back. Like, yeah, and he this can't is, fucking have him. This is and the I, whole. This, hey, hey, Stephen Moffat, if you want to do a master, become. <laughs> this is all why every this 
this I think I made story that comparison a while ago. This this story made it makes me dislike. I mean, I I never liked the whole. I never I never liked the Missy Redemption arc anyway. But this story made me dislike. I mean, I like Michelle Gomez. Shows, Michelle Gomez is great. But... She is, but that whole arc, I what? I never believed for a second she was going to turn good for real. But this is a better deconstruction of that entire relationship. What what I really like about this story, just if we're stand if we take a moment to stand it up to the other two is that it improves upon everything from the previous two stories like it because each of these stories is following a specific formula like we we know that right and this one is the one that does does it the best i think it's, it, it's also a story that knows how to be a It takes the best parts story. of the like, other two stories and smashes them together to create a story for the master. And I think it, it just, it's fucking brilliant. Right, Add yeah. on that you have a story where the doctor's kind of the douchebag. He's kind of have, the villain. When you have death as, when you have death as well, talking, mm-hmm. when you have, when you have death as well, mocking everyone, mocking everyone house so where he, when she just goes and does her impression of the seventh doctor saying, Oh, of course, Jade. And I'm just going to go and play the spoons. But you don't do that anymore. Doctor, do you? It's like, mm. it's yeah, like deconstructed the, the seventh doctor's entire, entire life. And it's, I like how um, it's implied that uh, well, not necessarily implied, but people it's kind of believed that this is one of the seventh doctor's last adventures before yeah. the TV movie. I think. Yeah. I'd think so yeah. as well. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it has to be towards the end of his life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Last like, I, like I said before, like in my head canon, it's his last story before the TV movie. I know that, I know that the two masters also takes place during around this, this point in his life, but I don't, but I, but I think this, and but so does Dark Universe, can, but this, this still, my head canon, my head canon, this feels more like the very end. Cause my you head, can imagine but, this. I'd like to imagine this with the, the doctor has the master's remains in his TARDIS and is, Going to Scarrow, but it's like, oh, 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 Jacob, maybe I have oh, one final chance, guys. Oh, I love that. I fucking love that. Oh, fuck. That's so good. Mm. Um, again, <laughs> I think I think part of that is was Joe Lister's intention. It just you, you can just feel it. And again, this this story it starts out just as a nice haunted house murder mystery. Um. And you slowly which, which, which are already back my bread and butter. Like, like, I already love that yes. kind of story. It, it, it could and just it, be yeah. that, that Joseph Lister yeah. knows how to write horror. Like, and yeah, and it's also my kind of story because it's character drama all the way through. Character drama. It's Again, so good. If there was, and, and also, like, if, I just if, I, if there I was adore a trilogy to make Callum like, like, listen to Big Finish cast, and realize it's canon, it's this trilogy. This, I think, I just like stories where the Doctor gets his shit rocked. I think, <laughs> like, sure? like, yeah, you were saying yeah. though about, about character drama, uh, Connor. Like, I love yeah. that too. Like, I love this such a limited cast, like a stage play almost, and you get to know but everyone. Also, it's so, but it just, it just so horrible, but it's, but it's. But just it just so when you put when you put the focus on all the character drama, it forces the writer to complete the story. Like, there's no corners cut. You have to go full on, you know, and just. Like it, 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 it's a challenge for a writer to write character drama because you just can't take shortcuts with it. You have to flesh it out to its full potential, and it absolutely and does. And an expansion on that. Oh, so one of my favorite character drama favorite? is what Joseph Lindster does best. Like, look at his other work. Uh, he wrote Terror Firma, which is driven by mm-hmm. character drama. Uh, a day, in, uh, what is it? A, a day in the death, right? From Torchwood, he yeah, did that. Yeah, one. Uh, he wrote things. a bunch. I know you got he 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 was a big writer behind Confessions of Dorian Gray and Dark Shadows, both whole, series run by character drama. He's, uh, um, there's a there's a and there's a bunch of others as well. I'm there's 
there's a few torch. There's a few Ooh, big finish torture. There, oh, also, oh, I just um, remembered the reaping and the gathering. He did both of those. Those are that's gorgeous. That's one I'm remembering. Bro- Wait a minute! I just realized something. The, the villains so, trilogy isn't a trilogy. It's a quadrilogy. Yes. Yeah, because well, the trilogy is the trilogy because the, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest is definitely is, separated from it. But the, I mean, the yeah. greatest is the fourth villain. But then again, well, all but you have to do is sort of look at each of the covers and each of them has that sort well, of half circle at the bottom. If it was, if it was that, then Zagreus should have been called Rassilon, if you, if that makes sense. Huh? Oh. Never mind. That's, but, that's a bit uh, stupid. stupid. I know. But, but, but I want to like develop upon what, what kind of we're saying about the character drama in this though, because like one of my favorite things about this story, and something that a lot of people apparently don't notice because it's just so well written, is that part two is just one long conversation between the Doctor and, and the Master. Absolutely. That is the entirety just, of part two. You lo- just lose yourself in all. You, you have to just lose yourself in everything, and it's just. It's oh, just also, so there's, good. A, there's, a, there's a cheeky Bernie Summerfield reference in there. He's like, "Yep, there is." And mm-hmm. He's like, "Ah, it's the weather Professor Summerfield or whatever." Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> I think he also, and I think, and I think he brings her up another time when she talk, where he talks about meeting someone and getting drunk, and well, they were getting drunk. I think, I think that was referring to Benny as well. Is that a reference to transit? It might be. Might be. Jacob? Yeah, I'm not sure. It could be. There was a, because it I know the doctor's be. talking. No, the doctor's mentioning someone, and they were drunk. And uh, ape, ape, never mind. I might, I'm. I don't remember the line well, exactly. Also, I think it was a Benny reference. As, as, if, as if it wasn't apparent before. I feel this is uh, Sylvester McCoy's best ever performance as the doctor. Yeah. Probably. It's Probably. it's the most. It's just like. It's the it's the most seventh Doctor stories out of all the seventh Doctor stories, you know. It's just like oh, it's just everything you'd want. It's perfect. Yeah. It's also and jumping the gun, jumping the gun again. It makes it it perfectly makes sense why they why they put this master and Alex McQueen's master with this Doctor in two masters. Mm-hmm. This story alone is this story alone makes puts that in perspective. If that makes sense. All right, let's do rings and a ten for Master. Solid ten out of ten for me. Uh, Connor? Ten. Ten. Jacob. Ten. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Ten. And Zach. Honestly, from this from this re-listen, I think I'm going to give it a ten. Hell yeah! Some people don't like this story. Some initially, like I this story. Yeah, initially and those I didn't. Go and die. Doesn't know. Initially, doesn't... I didn't. I'm gonna say so initially I did not like the idea of death. I thought I thought that was a little bit too stupid for Doc Two, but honestly yeah, I, I've warmed to it. I've warmed to well, it. Now. Well, doesn't Dylan not like Part Four because of that? Because it seems like it's a bit too magical, yeah. even though it's not because it's, it's it's the Eternals. <laughs> I think it's also because the Timeless Children has made me has made me uh, ah yeah hate, yeah hate, hate more appreciate a lot more stuff in hindsight. But even then, I I warmed to the story. Oh, yeah. Again, here's the thing: the Eternals. The thing about death is death is a character who in the VNAs is is implied to be out chess matching the doctor in a lot of situations like they dance on the moon in time room revelation uh it, death is a big character part a nice, of human nature there's another there's constantly taunting the doctor throughout his one entire final, life as, as McCoy. one final thing i want to talk once what i want to say on master is that last scene with death it just shows how carefree she is when she says oh a, a young child is about to suffer a young child's about to suffer a nut allergy i'm gonna be very busy which just shows how she how carefree she is, despite doing all this crazy oh, shit. and I and I love the scene that plays alongside that of of a redo of, of the beginning of part one with with Victor, uh, Jacqueline, and and John Smith yeah. when like John Smith comes out as the master and fucking kills them. Mm-hmm. Oh god! And, and then the doctor's last line of "I will save you, my friend." Like, 
Oh yes. Oh. And also, oh, also, oh, have we have, we, have, we, have yeah. we talked about the backstory that it gives to the master and the doctor in this story? Oh, oh we haven't. Oh. I think we have to. Much, we have much, be- much better than he looked into a hole and heard drums and went mad. <laughs> can can both do both of those exist within the same? Is that is that possible, or are they completely I mean, different? I think, I think it's possible to. It's just, possible. It's, it's possible. It's just this. Gonna, this feels more. This, this feels more. And this feels more in line with the master as we know him, as we've known him all these years. Yeah, yeah I suppose that does make sense. Yeah. But I, I think it is possible that both can exist and they don't contradict each other, right? Oh, and I just love the the play possible, on it. Yeah. The entire time, you, the, the entire time you think that the master is the one that killed the bully, and instead you, you, it's it the doctor. The doc- and it was the, the doctor. Deal with death then, like. Mm-hmm. Oh. And when you hear, and when you hear the flashback of the child saying, "Take him." Mm. Yeah. All right. So I guess that does that. Let's move on to our final story today. Zagreus by Gary Russell and Alan Barnes. I'm this starting. Starring Peter Davis and Colin Baker, Susan McCoy, Paul, uh, Paul McGann, so- Sophie Alter, Lisa Byron, Nicola Bryant, Nicholas Courtney, Stephen Fuel, and Dave Fisher, Louise Jameson, Robert Jessick, Bonnie Langford, John Leeson, Carolyn Morris, uh, Stephen Perring, John Pertwee, Miles Richardson, Elizabeth Sladen, Maggie Stables, Mark Strickson, Sarah Sutton, Lala Ward, Don Warrington, Connor Osmus, and Annika Wills. Who'd like to begin? I'm starting. Did you say Louise Jameson? I think you missed Louise Jameson. I said Louise no, 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 Jameson. I said Louise Jameson. Look, look. Zagreus, Zagreus is how you do fan wank right, okay? Like, mm-hmm. it's the 40th anniversary. You've got a, pretty much nobody's listening to you except really neckbeard Doctor Who fans. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Zagreus is very much a product of its time. You'd never get something like this today. They're never good. Because, yeah. like... Doctor Who's too mainstream for something like the, ma- the majority happen now, and the, ma- the majority like, of multi Doctor stories since like that have just been a changed. unique instance of Doctor Who, you know, actually doing sort of what I suppose would be a, a fan's dream episode. Um, what I what I really like about this too is that it very much feels like a culmination of a lot of stuff that happened in Big Finish, not. I mean, mainly the Eighth Doctor stuff, but there's there's shit in here that will make you happy if you've just been following the main range for and a it's while. Even anyway. Summerfield. And yeah, even following Bernice Summerfield, and even following Summerfield up to this point, like mm-hmm. oh, we didn't we also, also didn't mention um it back back in Master Jade was seen as a grayish rhyme when washing up. Oh yeah, yeah. and oh yeah. Another another thing I just like is just how it it potentially feels like an ending, like. Obviously, yeah. there's that loose thread at the end where the Doctor goes into the Divergent universe, but like Survival, where it's sort of a, uh, we're just mm. going to go off and have more adventures. This this works as I an think... ending to the series as well. It's just yeah. really fucking solid, I think. Because this was basically the point where Garrison was like, I want to do something different with Doctor Who that's never been done before. Let's... And, it, and, it, and it was, and he'll never do it again. Yeah, I, and honestly, I'm one of those people who wishes the Divergent universe was able to be the four season arc that it was supposed to be. Yeah, it was. They literally cut it mm-hmm. off because of the new series. They they didn't. They thought the new. They thought the Divergent universe would scare off new potential new listeners. Yeah, I mean, and but here, the thing is, the thing is, though, like, I don't know. You 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 shouldn't sacrifice your story just because of that, because of marketability. I feel like because yeah. I because I listened to the Divergent universe this year, and um, like I really liked it, but I was like. That should have been longer. That should have been way it re- longer. It really should. It really. It really should have been. And you I know, was, like, like I, I will think say, originally they were going to end the second season with like, I don't know, 
Although I am glad that we got Terra Firma, though. I will say yeah. that. I think, second, yeah. I think the second series of um of Divergent Stories was supposed to end with the last, right? Yeah, it was supposed to end with... No, no, it was supposed Wait, to, Ked, no, it was Kedro- supposed to end Ked- with Caradroya. Caradroya was supposed to lead into the next season next season of four, which was going to be like Scaredy Scared Cat, Time Cat, Works, time something works. inside. Something oh, and, that's great. And then, and then Possibly it. something by Lloyd Rose. Lloyd Rose might have come back. Which yeah. I feel like, um, and then I feel like mem- mem- memory, memory Lane would have fit into the Divergent Universe as well. Yeah. Interesting that's that that awesome. was that was only that only came up after the universe was uh, the, the arc was over. True. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I will say, as far as like re-listening to this from a modern perspective, I get why people don't fucking like it. It is really, 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 really heavy on the. Uh, Ooh, you gotta know your Time Lord lore to listen so to this one. There it's, is a... it. It's fucking melt, melt, melt out your brain. Well, here's the thing. It, it expects you. I this imagine... expects you to have listened to at least the previous forty-nine releases of Doctor Who audio drama. Mm-hmm. When I, when <laughs> I first have a very, very good working knowledge of the classic yeah. series. The thing is, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you like criticizing this story because it's not accessible is even a, like a, a thing. Like. It's it's generally agreed that this is meant to be a payoff to the main range, and if you haven't listened to the main range, that, then, yeah. then that's on you. That's not on the story. I, I think the only mistake at that I think the only mistake at that point that was made was was having the cover have the actual fifth, sixth, and seventh doctors Jeez. and advertising it as the fortieth anniversary multi doctors. Oh, they they went yeah. they went and they and they even did that in the blurb. The blurb of Zagreus says four doctors, one destiny, which of course is very misleading. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, all the four doctors all show up, and they, they do. But... I love the conceit. I love the conceit of the TARDIS dreamscape, yeah. showing both the doctors' past and the doctors' future. Because you see mm-hmm. this cat character, yeah. who is Karis. It's Karis. Yeah. Uh, like... There's another, uh, like every single section of the story, every single single section of the story divided up is each. each is a segment of the do- of the doctor's oh. of doctor's personality in a way. Like we have the we have the well the first bit, the first bit with with Char- with Charlie and and her and Lady Louisa her mother in going to going to the do- going to the doctors. You it's that's with that's that's representative of of early, of well pre of of the pre Davis of the pre Davis and stuff. So like we have Annika Wills Polly, and we even have Li- we have Liz Sladen in there, and of course the linking thread of all that puts all this together, the brig, and we and then yeah, we have. Courtney. Rev- yeah. We have Reverend Town, Reverend Townsend, which it, which which we have, which we have the Fifth Doctor and his companions, the Cardinal Tepesh, Sixth Doctor, his companions, and last ever appearance of Frobisher, sadly, and then Seventh Doctor era, his companions, etc., etc., and his they all fit really well. His companions plus Jason Kane. Oh yes, oh yes, yes, Stephen Frewell. This is an absolute mammoth of a story, too. I I think this is like this. It's only it's three just, episodes, but I think there's even one that's like an hour hours, and a half. Which, it's like, yeah, it's it's a fucking beast. Like this, this is some war games finale type shit. And, like, and it kind of warrants it. It takes this whole idea of tracking Rassilon's big plan throughout time. The only, I only, the only thing I'm. I mean, mm. honest. I think I think the Reverend Townsend section. It's not. It wasn't. It's not awful. It's just a bit. It's just a little mm. bit less interesting. That it's just a little bit less interesting than than the than well, because, Here's the thing. Here's, the, here's the thing about the Reverend Townsend section. Here's the Reverend Townsend section problem. If you because I just li- I, I listened to the to the next life recently, and you get a feeling that that was supposed to be mostly set up for stuff that was going to happen in the Divergent Universe arc, that then 
never happened. Didn't happen. Yeah, so, so it and makes also, it also, underwhelming. Also, also, in, in the, these they, there's these all these three parts all have individual names. If if we're counting Neverland and Zagreus as one full story, that makes Neverland, Wonderland, Heartland, and Wasteland. Yeah. It's... Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, also, this this story is so long that when I went to listen to it uh, earlier this year, I, I was eating lunch when I started it, and I ate dinner when I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Zach, I have a question to ask you. Go on. Would, would you count Neverland and Zagreus as the same story? Um, yes and no. It depends how... Because both because Zagreus is massive, and there's so many, so many layers to Zagreus, it's a bit difficult to say that they are fully one story but 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 they are definitely closely connected mm. yeah i'm with you on that i i uh, can we talk about how amazing stories. nick courtney is as the tardis amazing mm. he is amazing and he he really and he really sells that he is this that this that he's this he's spiteful and fed up of all the do- of, of all the shit all the shit the that, 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 that's that's a big thing i don't like in this story is is the tardis is just a petty bitch <laughs> it's is the corrupt is corrupted by zagreus it's also it's also a little annoying though that that's the only two times paul mcgann and nick courtney played the, the, the doctor and the brig sorted together was minuet in hell and this, this. this is and what this, i'm talking about actually it, yeah no it, you're right zach you're right this is one of the fucking things that annoys me about how they used uh, nick courtney with paul mcgann it's like, if you're going to do an Eighth Doctor and Brigadier story, have them be working together for most of the story. Don't pull a Mordron on dead bullshit. If I may, I after 2005, that. after 05, I think something started to happen with the rights to the break. Yeah, the Mervyn and Hayes estate. But I think they still... did they Were there, were there any big finish break what stories after this? I don't remember. Uh, there was, was the old, unit was, spinoff, oh, old, old, and then old, there, there were was, oh yes, there, there was, was the unit spinoff and companion old, chronicles. Old, old, and again, I think they had to be. Uh, and if you've noticed in the three Ds and the stuff yeah. and the the upcoming rain range with the yeah, Brigadier, um, Brigadier is used under permission by the Mervyn and Hayes estate. Yeah, by the Lincoln. Uh, yeah, the Hayes. Yeah, which Link, like Link, Lincoln and Hayes, or whoever. Hayes, Hayes, yeah, Hayes, which Hayes, like Hayes. makes sense. We get it, but also hard that Courtney is just so good. Um. And uh, what I love, I love, I love. Can we talk about Colin Baker? As yes, he's so hammy and. and well, evil, I also love uh, evil Nicola Bryant. Evil Nicola Bryant. <laughs> Vamp- Vampire Perry, and Frobisher, mm-hmm. and Frobisher the Recorder. Last appearance of Robert Jezekas Frobisher, sort of. I hey, I really hey, like I Walter Winkle too. Yes, he is. Oh, I lo- Walter Winkle is fun. Like, and I, I love, I, I love, I love how the set, like each each of the segments with with these characters are kind of parodies of their era. Like, absolutely, um, yeah. Like the Reverend Townsend stuff has Peter Davison as this intentionally bland worrywart role, who is, <laughs> but he's really like, funny though. Like he's so funny as, yeah. a, as like he's the, so the dry humor, and he doesn't you so abandon- well. You, you- Wait, just and just you have him stuck in the middle of the yeah. situation where there's so much stuff going around him that just, he gets lost, yeah. just like the Fifth Doctor just, does in all a, of his era. A, also, just occurred to me. Do you know the bit where Eric, where his ne- where his niece Erimem had a bit of a had a bit of a tiff? Was that was that a parody of how Tegan left? Yes, it had to be. It has to. Be. Honestly, honestly, 
Zagreus is one of my favorite performances from Peter Davison in Doctor Who. Seriously, he's so good in this. <laughs> like, and then Colin Bakers is basically playing up the melodrama and over-the-top nature, um, and yeah. the violence aspect with, you know, having people <laughs> being sucked yeah. dry. And of course, um, McCoy's in a, is a circus, right? He's in the circus. Yeah, McCoy's is a circus. McCoy's Walt also Disney. is parodying like, Walt Disney. He's Walt, uh, he's Walt Disney. He's Walt Disney. Uh, so, uh, Sophie Aldred and Lisa Bowerman are both kind of Sending I'm... up new Ace and Benny in such a way. Another, another why, there. why I like Walton Winkle is because he has a very, very sad aspect to him. Yeah. Like, he just seems so sad. I want to give Ace, him a hug. Ace the, mili- Ace the Militant Duck. Just that image. Just that image is brilliant. Ace as a militant duck. <laughs> and there was a. And, um. um it'll come back to me. I'll, if, when I remember my point, I'll say it. Then we end with then then we end the story basically with the backdoor pilot to Gallifrey. We're opening up op- opening up with everyone's favorite bastard Irving Braxiatel. This was my first exposure to Irving Braxiatel as a character. Um, I, I love that um, that particular thing where they, where they where they say they're in the death zone and they have the, the same like like stupid horn <laughs> play. <laughs> Um, can we also just say Lala Ward and Louise Jameson meeting here is amazing? Yeah, like it, it, yeah, yeah. It contradicts Longbarrow. Either way, just set just sets up their just just sets up their brilliant dynamic going forward in Gallifrey. I'll tell you what though, for all the build up this story does, the 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 like actual end of the conflict and the resolution of what's going on is kind of. It happens very quick and almost feels a little convenient. Also, uh, yeah, maybe. Also, the other thing is, is that um, you know, whilst I in, I like McGann's performance in this, I do think the Eighth Doctor it, it doesn't he doesn't get as much to do until like the end because he's possessed for the whole thing. They ma- yeah, they make him, that, I mean that's that's kind well of as, a shame. And also, but also, like, also, this is a story that knows how to be an anniversary special. It's a Let's fan wanky send up the last forty years. Like I, the day I'd argue the doctor. Better, yeah, yeah, I'd argue this is a better this, tribute to Doctor's entire history than the day of the Doctor ever was. Yeah, like it goes oh, yeah. over the top. Oh yeah, and, have, have we talked about the bit with um John Pertwee? That was yes. Really no, we haven't. Talk, we haven't talk, him and his him and his okay. speaking into the soup can. <laughs> He's um. It's because they it's they used audio, they were using audio from from Devious. I mean. The, on my previous listens of the grace, I could I couldn't hear what the fuck he was oh, yeah, saying. That, although, that is proper fan work right there. Although this, audio although devious. cannot make or, out a damn thing he's saying. <laughs> I mean, I listen at first. I mean, my first few listens of it, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear what the fuck he was saying. But on my most recent listen, might have been the headphones I was hearing. I could, and mm-hmm. and I'd say if they if they improve the sound mixing, it could have been it could have been nicer. I mean, I would, what I, he was, I was saying fine. did sort of fit. I was fine, but I do have like pro headphones, so maybe that's why. That's probably why. Because yeah, every, I every fucking other, don't. Every other time, I'm with every Jelly other, on that one. Tin can. Every yeah. other time, every other time I, I listened to it, it was just so garbled, I couldn't hear shit. Okay, uh, guys, I should say, um, if my recording starts to go spotty, a, thun- a big thunderstorm's coming in. Um, oh, okay. just got, yeah. So I, I, I just got the, uh, the, the. Yeah, I haven't talked about Charlie yet. Oh, oh India Fisher. India Fisher should get an award for how much she carries this story is, on her back. She is br- she's br- she is great in this. She it 
mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I love course. her last little monologue. How she's like, I'm still here. Like, it's like I know I'm still here. Yes, I know this is gonna be end up poorly for me. There's another. I, there's also the scene, and also the scene where they're going through the dark tower when they're parodying the easiest. I pi- mean, easy easiest pie scene they're all squabbling over pie and then she's like no it's like a chessboard see if you if you kind of think about it right if you really sort of think about it this is almost like a dr light story that just happens to be around four hours long and so (laughs) fisher has to carry the entire thing the the doctor's barely in it because mcgann's possessed and the other three aren't even the doctor yeah mcgann is mcgann's basically playing spider-man 3 peter parker in this i think that's quite interesting it's a multi-doctor story it's four hours long and the doctor's barely in it yeah <laughs> you told you told yeah. you told charlie and you'll get to really fix this damn door again again dr light stories work really well in a lot of cases except yeah. love and monsters I think love it him. works really well Wait, here. Wait, is Love and Monsters a Dr. Light? Oh, no, yeah, sorry. I you but also, I also, it's, also it's a testament to, like, how strong an actor India Fisher is, that she can carry a Doctor Who story, make it feel exactly like a Doctor Who story for four hours, mind you. Yeah, yeah, Also, not just how strong of an actor, actress India Fisher is, yeah. but also how strong of a character Charlie is. It was, it was, also, it's... She, it also it's fun seeing how Charlie's just sort of adapts to the, to all this bullshit that she is she is being forced she, the, that she's being forced into, like when she is when she of course initially with when we have the initial scene with Lady, Lady Louisa Pollard she's su- suddenly suddenly she's a rabbit and oh eat your carrot and then back in, and then <laughs> and then the fifth and then the fifth yeah. then in the Reverend Townsend section oh I'm a corp oh okay I'm a corporal right I better put my voice down. Mm. And the um the end, well, the and, end I, of this... and I love how the, I love how we play with that. This is an audio medium. You're not gonna see the character become a rabbit. So we're following Charlie's perspective. So we don't realize she's a rabbit or a corporal until she realizes she's a rabbit and a corporal. Just I, mm. I love Annika Wills' delivery where she just ran. We says shut up and eat. Your, where she's like shut up, eat your carrot. We're seeing Doctor Zagreus. Why are you a bunny? I also really like that the way the ending goes into Scherzo as well, and the whole Digit Virgin arc. How it's like the Doctor is saying, "I'm going to be going into this place that's, you know, very obviously very dangerous." All setting up the Divergent arc of like it's not in our universe, and yet Charlie just decides anyway to go with him. Um, yeah, which again go, it sets up Scherzo so well. I saw the way that, like, the way that, that like her speaking into the TARDIS is done with um with Leela and uh, and, and Ramana's conversation about the TARDIS back door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and then of course they, and then of course Leela and, and Romana end with by referencing Casablanca, which is, yeah, yeah, that's that's how you end yeah. that. But I just, I and, just love the way it's, it's that Charlie and the Doctor they've been on, you know, quite a few adventures. Like they've been together for a while now. I like the fact that it's set up as, you know, culminating in the fact that Charlie is, you know she loves this man now, and then that perfectly goes into Scherzo, which is the next story for them, and that gut punch just hits. It's it's a really good setup. And, and, and interestingly, it was the next story released. Like, interestingly, well, release was, 51 I thought, I thought was released was, wait, I thought a month before released... No! The Wormery was released a month before Zagreus. Oh. That's really weird. Oh, shit, really? Oops. Yeah, yeah. It's still listed <laughs> as release 51. But it was released a month before, so they could have the anniversary be the uh, yeah. release. Right. Yeah. Oops. I'm looking <laughs> this up. I don't. Hey, I, never, uh, I never knew about it, that. Yeah. It um. Because on the website it says 
On the website, it says uh, Zagreus was available in November. Uh, but, uh, and it says the Wormery was available uh, in November. The Wormery was released first. Hmm. Well, that's fucked. Like, Is it? <laughs> also, we haven't, we haven't talked about Don Warrington yet, have we? Oh, yes. Oh, He's the best wrestler. Uh, he's so good. He he gives so much to the character. Like he's just so you just everything he everything he says just lives in this really calm. You sound he always sounds what he always sounds wise and benevolent, even when he is even when he is just flat out. I'm gonna would, take I'm taking over. I, I'm taking over Gallifrey. I would love to hear Don Warrington like read audiobooks. He's fantastic. Wonder if he has. Mm, probably. I'm, and then. Release Zagreus from me. And if I refuse? <laughs> what if I refuse? Uh, Zagreus will be deleted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in, in that two-parter, wasn't he? Right, the side mid, yeah. Yeah, he was the president. Well, technically, he's only in the first part because he dies at the end of it. <laughs> and he, he says the immortal line, what if I refuse? <laughs> Um, but and yeah, Don Martin as Wrestlon and Zagreus is great. It was he's the like the ideal, you know, final villain for the for the anniversary, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's like the way, all built to that. And the way that the story and the way this yeah. that and the way that the climax of Zagreus parallels the fight parallels the five doctors with back in back in back in Rassilon's tomb with assumingly I mean I pictured I pictured at this point Don Warren Don Warrington's head like how Richard Matthews was in the five doctors. I thought it was I thought except this time Except this time, Rassilon is full is this full this fully malevolent, cruel, cre- cruel creature that we have been led to believe he was. If that makes sense. Indeed. Yeah. All right. So I think that finally covers this long ass conversation on this long ass story. Any other, anything else to add on Zagreus before we do ratings? Yeah, um... it's it's not it's not perfect. It's very very long, and it's like it's one of those stories you can only listen to once every now and then. I feel it's not like one you can just throw on, you know. Mm. Although it is, although although it is one of the few big finish stories I have actually listened to twice. So this is I've my fifth. Like this was five times. I think this was this was my fourth time. Mm. I've listened to this a lot. Three times. I just find really... it. It's just crazy. I've like I've had work shifts that are shorter than the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. All right. On that note, let's do rings out of ten for Zagreus. Uh, Brian. Uh, it's a it's a pretty solid eight. I would agree with that. I'd give it an eight. Connor. Eight point five. Eight point five is uh, Jacob. I'd give it an eight too. Eight and Zach. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna be a bit more generous. I'm gonna give this a nine. Oh, interesting. All right. Um. So only only one thing left to do with these stories. Let's uh, rank them from our least favorite to favorite. Uh, I will go first. I would say Flip Flop, Zagreus, uh, Davros, Project Lazarus, Omega, and at the top, Master. Who would like to go next? I'll okay. go. Are you going? No. Okay. Zach, you go. Okay. I'd say I flip-flop at the bottom. Then then Omega. Then Zagreus. Then Project Lazarus. Then Davros. And then Master. 
Hell yeah. Um, Brian? All right. So you guys are going to kill me again. But Davros is at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, figured. Followed by Flip Brian. Brian. Then Zagreus. Someone Omega. Someone at Project Lazarus. And at the top is Master. Master. All right. Uh, Connor? Oh my god. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, flip flop at the bottom. Not Davros. Jesus. <laughs> I, can't, I just can't believe that. Uh, flip flop at the bottom. Then Zagreus. Then Omega. Then after that is Project Lazarus. Then Davros. And then Master. Awesome. And uh, Jacob? Uh, yeah, flip flop at the bottom. As it should be. <laughs> Then Zagreus. Then Project Lazarus. Then Omega. Then Davros. And at the very top, the best big Finnish audio drama, Master. I'm so glad that not only do we all have Master at the top, but we converted Zach's opinion and we got Connor to contradict Dylan's opinion on Big Finish. It's just a good day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ma- Master is like. In my top five audios I've heard, it's so good. Wait, oh, you, how did so, Connor contradict so... Dylan's opinion? Because <laughs> Dylan likes Davros more than Master. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, why is it? Why is it? Why is it special if I do it? Um, um, I've I've just only seen you ever agree with Dylan on big finish stuff, so I think it's a it's a fun uh, rarity. Well, I um, I, di- I disagree with him on a few things, big finish. To be honest. I disagree with him on Ish. I disagree with him on Whispers of Terror. Um, and this uh, another one probably somewhere. <laughs> another one probably somewhere. All right. Um, everyone unsubscribe from Briar Hardo 2, but let's do our uh, our plugs. Uh, Brian, you can go first. You can try to win back people's favor since you put um, Davros at the bottom. So I've been really busy recently, and uh, I... I should be releasing another episode of my podcast this week, but I'm not. Um, so in so that the next episode of that should be out sometime soon when I get a grip. I'm doing a lot of life adjustments right now on reality, basically. So uh, there's that, and I guess I have a review of Castrovalva that I still need to write and record. So. Aren't you also um, coming up with your next uh, EDA book vlog soon? I w- oh yeah, that's right. I am reading Seeing Eye right now. I'm about I'm about halfway through it, um, which yes. is good because it's Kate Orman. Yeah, uh, the beginning that, was a Sorry, was that anything okay. to plug? Okay, okay. One one thing. Um, on from vid- from videography product from videography productions of. Matthew, uh, Matthew Rose. A few a few weeks back, I did I did an aud- I did a, a small audio drama with Alia it- Alia Itori in which I play the fourth Doctor and she plays Sarah Jane. It's called think it's called Thinking Thoughts, and I highly recommend you checking out. If hey, I'll be doing that with her awesome. soon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but more on that later because we haven't officially announced those two castings yet, Brian. Or, or I mean, we announced two. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, Connor, what would you like to play? Uh, in December, I'm going to have my advent calendar again. Um, it's going to be 25 days in a row of videos. I'm fucking 
filled to the brim with things to do i'm oh my god it's very busy and then if you're on the patreon you also get an extra week after christmas as well uh and many of the people in this call i believe are in it or at least two of them are so far yes why am i not fucking on your advent calendar (laughs) i mean you could you could be Wait, Jacob, are you on the advent calendar? Nope. Not yet. Um, there's one that you could be on, Jacob, thinking about it, depending on if we can sort out the time zones. There's one that yeah, I definitely know that you'd be interested to in talking about. We'll talk about we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll we'll make some deals, we'll make some deals, make some money. Oh shit, <laughs> now it's coming down like cats and dogs outside my window. Yes. Nice. But, so Jacob, uh, do your plug quick. Come on. Uh, here are my oh, plugs. Oh, actually, um, Connor, you finish yours first. Wait, 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 Connor, finish yours first. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, both Joey and Zach have been in this Avon calendar. Um, oh, and apart Zach, from that, okay. Yeah. Apart, yeah. From that the, um, apart from that, November's going to be pretty quiet because I'm putting so much work into that. Uh, but basically, that's the big plug is the Avon calendar in December. Check that out if you want to. Get you know, Doctor Shit, content Jacob, featuring myself window? once a day. Yeah, that's my window. I think it's hail. I don't want to go check. Uh, Jesus, um, Jacob, <laughs> do your plug to distract you from uh, the hail outside your room. Okay, uh, first plug. Uh, my ultimate Doctor Who marathon is moving into the fifth Doctor and Perry stuff. Hopefully soonish. Um, I I kind of got stuck with the uh, with the uh, anthology because I went away for a weekend, but that. Video should be out here, and after that's Planet Fire. So then it's all Five and Perry, and then Aramim. Um, my blog. I recently released a review of Doctor Who Corpse Marker, which is a book by Chris Boucher. Um, uh, uh, I'm gonna let Joey do the adaptation plugs. Uh, I am also currently reviewing Mel's End Book of the Fallen and more of Rick Riordan stuff on my blog. Uh, the more reviews like that should be coming shortly this month. Um, took me way too long to get the, the next book I was reviewing because life got crazy. Oh, did it stop? Did it stop? Oh, it stopped. shit. Just in time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then. Uh, yeah. Alright, so uh, uh, plugs for the channel. Uh, <clears throat> channel you're watching right now. Doesn't cut my throat. Fuck me. Um, all right. So anyway, <laughs> um, so of course uh, we have one more celestial podcast to do this year. We will be t- discussing some War Doctor stuff. That's going to be awesome. Um, we have one more commentary coming up this year, uh, coming up later this month, actually, which will be for the three Doctors. It's going to be my video for the anniversary this year on November twenty third. Um, going to have a lot of people on that. Should be a ton of fun. Um, audiobooks, audiobooks. Uh, we have uh, Marcus still reading the Romance of Crime, and Brian editing that audiobook. So that's uh, that's been slowly releasing. This month we're <laughs> switching to um, we're switching to two chapters a month now. So. Um, so chapter four will be coming out later this ah, month, and chapters ah, five and six will be out in December. Brian, <laughs> uh, we have um, we have a casting call coming up next month for our uh, for our next adaptation of uh, the, the, the Doctor Who novel Evolution by John Peel. And as far as other adaptation stuff, currently, right now, coming up on Saturday, uh, we have part two of the Scales of Injustice that has been currently releasing. Um, yeah, boy. Uh, part one. Part one is out already, so go listen to that. Um, if you have Parts already, two through seven are considerably longer than part one. That is true. There is even a forty-minute episode in there. So, um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, so we're gonna be uh, it's a seven-part story. It's gigantic. Um, they're gonna be releasing weekly every Saturday, and then after that, we'll be doing a behind-the-scenes video with cast members throughout uh, and and people who worked on the production. So 
yeah, that should be a ton of fun. Uh, that's what we're doing for the rest of the year, and then we move into our next adaptation, Transit, but more on that later. Um, all these wonderful people are... What's Yes, Brian? My baby boy. Do you ever take a fucking break? What? Do you ever take a fucking break? You do See, so much. No, 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 I don't, Brian. See, because <laughs> I, really I have my... I have my advent calendar one month of the year to, so I can like be like, this is where I'm, my end goal and my deadline. Whereas Joey just does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and all of these wonderful people here are in Scales of Injustice. Zach plays... Um, I'm not! Scully. No, well, yes, well, Jacob, Jacob you fucking adapted um, with, with Dylan, so... <laughs> um... So yeah, so uh, you you adapted it. Uh, Zach played uh, Scooby and uh, and Tom Osgood. Brian is playing a shit ton of Silarians and a couple other fun characters in there. Connor is Justin Grayson and what is it? And... Alan Marshall. Yes. Yes. And, uh, the washed and, and up I, actor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm the third Doctor and a couple of Silarians. Joey and, and I that are about big does bad that. Silurian bitches, yeah. boys. I mean, speaking of the Advent yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just got a message from one of my associates who said, edit day 12, bitch. <laughs> I guess, so I've, I've, I guess got people, you're going to go do that. I got people checking on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess that about does it for this Celestial Podcast. Thank you guys all for being on. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank everyone for listening. Um, yeah. Anyone want to close this out? Who wants to close this out? I fucking hate you all and death.